I'm Zach. And I'm Erica. And this is Topics, Topics with, with the, the Taylors, Taylors, a podcast where we explore topics that are relevant to life. What 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 is up? Welcome to Topics with the Taylor with myself Zach and Erica. And Erica, and we've got a special friend with us today, life mentor. He married us. Um, actually, all around, cool all, cat. all around cool cat, mountain mountain biker, um, extraordinaire. Just to la- list some of those accomplishments, Mr. Chris Gully. Hey, hey. Uh, I guess uh, can you hear me? Okay, I can yeah, hear you. Yeah, you good. sound great. You sound great. Wonderful. Well, it's good to hear from you guys and uh, all those amazing accomplishments, mountain biker extraordinaire. I don't know uh, if I can hold to that, but yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be with you guys. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Is it true or false you have the fastest time on Bluff Creek? Uh, that is true. I, actually, uh, I am 19th all time. But 19th all time. The fastest top speed for sure. I just uh, can't con- sustain it. 29 miles an hour. Wow. So. But the, That's uh, like driving speed. Yeah, but there, but it's a down, there's a small little downhill section that they call Big Stupid, which is a a drop. It's kind of cheating, you know. But uh, anyway, yeah, you're not cheating if you're not trying. Yeah, that's right. That's right. right. The problem with Strava is you can get addicted, and so sometimes I have to kind of fast from Strava. Uh, anyway, yeah. that's not why we gathered. That is not why. But yeah, that's that's me. And uh, you, what, you you want me to do a little, little? You asked me to talk a little bit about myself, my favorite topic. Yeah, a little for, bit for a narcissist. Yeah, a little bit about your uh, yourself, jo- jobs, fun facts, family. Yeah, well, uh, married to an amazing young woman of of twenty years, Christy, and I have four kids, uh, three boys, one girl, and they have taught me more about. Uh, self-control and the spiritual spiritual gift of the fruits of the spirit than anything else. So, uh, yeah, you mentioned mountain biking, some things I like to do, and but I, I'm a, a pastor at Northwest Baptist Church in Oklahoma City, missions and family pastor for now a little over a year uh, in that role, but 12 years total, and before that, a, a little over 20 years in student ministry, and yeah, as you mentioned in the intro, just had an opportunity to mentor you guys and love you guys so much, and had the privilege of coming alongside several young men and helping shape them in, in missions and ministry and pastorate. And it's kind of my, my favorite thing to do when it comes to investing in kingdom work. I also serve as the director of Super Summer Oklahoma. been doing that for six years. And it's a leadership camp. And our, our desire is to build kingdom leaders all around the state and in other uh, states around Oklahoma. Oh, okay. So you mentioned Super Summer, and for those, can you like? I know you explained it was a leadership camp. Uh, can you can you spend a little bit for those who are like unfamiliar with camp life and uh, that kind of a Christian world? That what a Super Summer leadership camp really is, and your your heart behind it. I know you talked about it just a little bit. Yeah, I can expound on that. Well, basically, uh, Super Summer is a three week camp where uh, three weeks of camp and then you, you know, a church will select one week. And uh, many times most students who come are students who are growing in their faith, know 
Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior and and are already practicing, you know, uh, leadership in their community, in their school, home, church. And uh, our, our desire is to come alongside those churches and be a catalyst for developing that uh, that young person as a, as a Christian leader. And uh, mm-hmm. our desire is to impact the globe with the good news, the gospel of Jesus, and really shape the hearts of those, those students to do that and, uh, and to help those youth pastors uh, accelerate what they've been doing for years in the hearts of those students and mm-hmm. equipping them with skills. And, but also, uh, you know, we, we, we have a desire to make a bigger impact than, than just uh, making money or, becoming famous or, or getting married and having kids, that there's a bigger and greater purpose in our life than, than just uh, what we find around us for the next 80 years, maybe. And so that we actually are wired for eternity and that's why we are created. And so we're tapping into that creative idea that, that we have an eternal purpose and, and that's uh, to serve and live for Jesus. So that's, that's that in a super drive-by, but uh, yeah. Yeah, and I can attest to that. I grew up going to Super Summer all but one year of my high school experience, and I can say that Super Summer really cultivated that in my own personal life, and it was like a monumental growth experience each summer. So I can say that that is something that Super Summer does really well. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing you mentioned there that I think we can kind of kickstart the broader narrative we kind of talked about Um, before uh, we went live, you talked about we're wired for eternity, not living for the things of this world, which I mean, in this season of COVID, (laughs) like that's really been um, something I think the world is experiencing. I mean, people are losing jobs, losing money, um, not being able to go do the things that may have defined them, uh, you know, going out to eat, going to play baseball because it's baseball season and basketball season. Um, or just a safety net of being healthy. Yeah. Right. Um, so what, so in times like this, like you, you're, you talk about your ministry experience, your role in ministry, lead, uh, building kingdom leaders, both in your local church and, uh, and, in a camp. So what do you think, uh, like, how is the church supposed to function? Um, and what's its role during COVID and, um, even a little bit past COVID? Yeah, it's a great question. It's a big question. In fact, there's so much to discuss when it comes to the nature of the church. What is the purpose of the church? Who is the church? You know, how do we respond this time? Uh, and, and, you know, I heard it best from a good friend of mine called Zach Taylor. He said the church has left the building. Uh, but in fact, that you know, as you know, uh, and many people know that the building isn't the church. The church building is closed, but but the, the church people are open. And so I think it's challenging uh, a lot of our cultural stigma that we have in uh, the Western church here in America about how we think about what the church purpose is and, and really exposing the hearts of many Christian people or churchgoers even Mm -hmm. about what is the nature, what is the purpose and what is the role of the church? And does it even, and really even pre COVID, uh, there's a lot of question on, is it, is it necessary? Is there even a purpose for the gathering? Is, is there even a need for, uh, you know, the Christian faith and all these things? And I think you bring up a really important point 
that, you know, when we begin to lose things around us that we hold so dear to us when it comes to our health and our finances, uh, sports, and we begin to realize when those things wash away, what is left is really illuminating eternity and illuminating the, that there is life after this. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the greatest things that we are exploring in discussions, even with people who maybe not are of, of like-minded uh, faith people, you know, having conversations with others who, uh, you know, their health is central, their finances are paramount. And because, um, you know, their thought, their thought processes really don't extend past this life. Uh, and, and I think many times, you know, we, we do, we do realize that there is something after this life, but we really don't live there. We really don't exist in that realm of, of living today as if, as if there is a forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, when we live that way, you know, and those things are removed, it really allows us to ask some really tough questions. And so uh, I think that's what's happening right now is that there's a lot of narrative, a lot of questions, a lot of conversations, a lot of sermons and preaching and teaching and discussions about what really matters. Right. And I think, I mean, you said so much good in, in that packed, that packed statement that I really think word that sums it up is we're kind of being exposed um, and what we really believe in, um, I have even heard, uh, Matt Chandler say that this is exposing, um, what our idols are in our life, um, and how much we really believe, uh, the Lord is in control. Cause you always hear about, you know, well, the, God's got this, but it's a lot easier to say God's got this when you have a stable income, um, you don't right. have to worry about a global can- pandemic, um, right. life is on a normal rhythm. Um, and, and when it, that stops, I think it really exposes, uh, what, what we view is really in control or what we view as our, our safety net. Right. I think on, uh, two fronts, I think there are two, you know, when it comes to the culture of church, I think there's two, uh, subcultures inside church that are being exposed. And that is the consumer Christian uh, the Christian who's been raised in a cultural environment where uh, it's norm uh, normative to go to church and even uh-huh. uh, encouraged in a, a religious religious practice, and but they go and they consume. Uh, a lot of times, our churches are geared to consumer Christianity, and and, and those types of Christian uh, worldviews are being exposed for uh, what they are, which is empty and meaningless Mm -hmm. uh that that really uh and and the second one is religious christianity and i would label that as just legalistic christianity where you know people go every single week uh it's their obligation it's their duty and they they identify with that as a part of their their heritage and their culture and and i mean and they hold so tightly to that but when they walk outside the church their faith really doesn't reflect in their reality that they still uh, cheat their, in their taxes. They still uh, are okay with uh, different parts of, of, you know, the culture that are clearly taught in Scripture as uh, opposite of the teachings of Jesus. But uh, they pick and choose what they really want to follow. But they're there every Sunday, and those those individuals, I think, are being ex- those type of Christians are being exposed. And and I think what the the beautiful thing that's being illuminated is is the question that 
non-believers, non-Christians, or non-churchgoers, and religious or carnal Christians is another way of labeling consumer Christians. Mm-hmm. What's being exposed is this question here. Is Jesus enough? And is he really who he says he is? That's good. That is really good. So, so, that, that, so I think in, in to answer your question, I think these are the things that are being illuminated in our culture in regards to spiritual matters and Christian, you know, church dynamics in, in this season. Oh yeah. No, I think you're, I think you hit it spot on. I think that's exactly what's happening. Um, on kind of a personal note, cause you seem very passionate. What, how have you, how have your views changed of God during the Corona or at all? Or do you view God differently because of this season? What is God teaching you maybe is another way to phrase that. Yeah, I can, you know, two things. I think there's a larger picture that I can share. And then even on a personal level in regards to, okay, God, what are you doing in our personal life? And I can kind of share that. I think on the, on the broader spectrum, uh, I think it's a, it's encouraged and reminded me that God is sovereignly in control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That this isn't catching him off guard and he's not up in heaven, you know, uh, twisting his hands, you know, and the kind of a picture I see is God up there kind of, you know, tightly gripping his hands and, and, and wondering what's going to happen. He knows what's going to happen and we can trust him in that. And that gives me comfort that even when I have loved ones who we do have loved ones who are uh, in isolation because of their positive diagnosis of the mm-hmm. coronavirus mm-hmm. and people who are very close in our family to uh, you know, Washington, D.C., who are who are sharing things with us that are difficult to hear that aren't being shared in the mainstream media. Uh, that we can say, you know, Jesus, you're in, you're in control. And it, it actually has increased my trust in his sovereignty. Uh, and that that. Uh, a lot of times the question has emerged in conversations about, well, this is God's judgment on America or Mm -hmm. this is, and, and the reality is like that if you understand scripture in a full counsel of God's word, that's not necessarily like a, this isn't like a pinpointed judgment on America. It's actually revealing and illuminating that our, our world is broken, that we live in a fallen world where disease exists, death exists, occurs and it wasn't it's not god's desire that from the very beginning for us to live in that reality in that existence and that's why he made a way he made a a way through our brokenness for us to experience freedom and healing and health and 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 wholeness through jesus and so uh, it, it illuminates the gospel even more so and magnifies the gospel and then on a personal level you know as you guys know my story and our story that We've been prayerful about putting our house on the market and praying about moving homes and, and, you know, showing our house and over and over and over again. We just felt like the Lord told us to do that. And we didn't know what the future held. We thought we might be moving into another neighborhood in the city and all these things. And now, you know, we kind of come to the point of like, well, we decided to take our house off the market after several months. And we're like, okay, God, what, what do you have up to, what's up your sleeve? But what's cool about that is even then uh, we can just say, okay, 
you're in charge. We can trust you. So I, I think it's, I don't know if it necessarily has changed my view, mm -hmm. but maybe, maybe magnified my, uh, my, my, my trust in his sovereignty, meaning his full rule and reign in my life, in our family, in our circumstances, in our nation, and that uh, while we live in a broken world that is that is very clearly in need of hope and a savior, uh, Jesus is the is the uh, source of, of of our hope and our security and our peace. It's not not my pocketbook and not my <laughs> not my not my brick and mortar home. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, absolutely for sure. That's huge. So I know. Uh, I guess I would put you, I would kind of change, not changing topics, uh, but kind of moving on. I know uh, you're a big culture guy. Like you, you're very good at picking up on culture of businesses or church. On. What do you think? this virus, like how this virus is going to change, like overall kind of like Western culture. Do you think it's going to have an impact? Um, do you think it's going to change church culture? Um, and then do you think this is going to have a long-term effect of how we do summer camps? Cause I know we're, we're all, we're rolling into the summer. There's a lot of unknowns. I know you as a director yourself is, uh, are having to make calls about whether, uh, to have camp or not to have camp. Um, but do you think this is like we're 2021, you know, the virus has gone away or it's become part of just like the flu or whatever it is. Um, do you think this is going to change how you as a student minister participate in camps or do you think parents will view camps? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I think in part, that's really hard to tell, uh, just as difficult to, as it's been for the CDC or other government leadership and even our president to kind of declare when this, you know, social distancing season will come to an end. It's very difficult to kind of predict the future. I do think absolutely they'll be, this will make an impact on the church. It'll make an impact on, on, on ministry life, camp life. Uh, and, but I, I think it'll have an impact in a good way. Huh? Like the mm -hmm. fact that, what there's some there's some biblical principles in that are being illuminated in kind of the nature of the church and what the ch role of the church is in some some cases in a lot of churches that's been lost and and partly the very reason why many church uh gatherings and buildings have been closed because just that loss of what the church's purpose is has been illuminated like our our, our purpose is to uh to exist for others the, mm -hmm. literally the, the the church one as you know are the people and two the people exist for others and that, that others are everyone outside uh of the hope of christ and so when we exalt the name of jesus and we 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 make much of the gospel the good news of jesus we are fulfilling what god's purpose is the church and i think that's been illuminated so i i think the yeah, i think on a practical level how we gather hopefully will permanently shift like I, I i pray that that uh the decentralization of the of the church will will increase that uh we will we will we will want to gather 
and even in mass numbers there's you know i think that's okay but to really uh we've been using the term magnify but i think that's true i think the the magnification of the need for us to gather in, outside of the central hub of the building will is going to be paramount moving forward I, I think that's going to be a good thing for the the church in the future uh, i i do think you're going to see some 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 new uh standards of 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 cleanliness even just some practical things you know you're going to have uh the potential of hand washing you know hand sanitizing mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of just practical things like that are going to happen you know you'll even have an increase of uh um nursery worker cleanliness standards and all of that are going to increase which is a good thing but the same thing i think one thing we're neglecting to look at is the history of pandemics. Mm. I mean, uh, and they come in waves and every pandemic, regardless of what kind of effort you make, if you look at history, even in modern medicine, you know, they sweep through the nation, they sweep through culture. And we're working very diligently to, to, you know, everybody talks about this curve, it, you know, and now you see in other nations like China, second and third wave coming through it you know the reality is pandemics sweep through nations whether we like it or not until there's a vaccine and that that's literally something that uh isn't being discussed is you know is the willingness to to unfortunately allow that to happen and i i think that's the next level of discussion is you know how do we move forward in this season as a church, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So that's a very hard narrative to discuss. That is, man. It is. So uh, we'll wrap up. Kind of, I've got one, I guess, last serious question, and then one i got a surprise question for you. Uh, okay. <laughs> last, so what do you think – how do you think the church is going to look on a – do you think – do you think that cultural Christians or uh, nominal Christians, however you want to phrase it, do you think that this is a time that they really figure out that they're not a part of the body of Christ um, and then begin to walk away kind of from the cultural expectations of um, going to church on a Sunday um, where the like the true father of Christ like fills the void of not being with uh, the body of the believers um, in a mass gathering. Do you think that there's going to start to be a kind of of uh, a separation, a cleansing of of the bride in that way? Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I think. Well, one. I think the the nominal Christians who are, are really connected to the vine or uh, to the body of Christ and, and, and Christ himself or, you know, are, are just uh, business as usual. Uh, they've uh, there's, you know, I think uh, it's, it's a very careful narrative to discuss, but uh, Jesus talks about the sifting of, you know, when, when the church is gathered, like we talk about in Mark chapter four, and uh, Jesus is asked, you know, and uses a parable about the farmer and the farmer, you know, the workers ask Jesus, should we 
should we remove the Darius or Darius, which is was was chaff or basically poisonous wheat that was within the uh, wheat itself that that was planted there by the enemy? Should we move it, remove it before or after like we harvest? And Jesus says, no, if you if you if you try to remove some of those uh, that that chaff from the wheat now you'll ruin and destroy the the, the good fruit the good wheat well the, the whole point is is this is that's uh jesus says gather it in the end we will we will separate the the wheat from the chaff like mm-hmm. at final judgment after this life and so i think that's what's going to happen uh at you know after this life is the, the true followers of christ will be illuminated for who they are and, mm-hmm. and tell by their fruit and and false Christians who claim Christ by word, but their life isn't transformed. They haven't followed Christ and Christ in, in, in any form outside of just uh, cultural Christianity will, you know, their heart will be exposed. And that was, that's what Jesus was always after is the heart. And so right. I think this season, honestly, those who have are just nominal Christians, nothing has changed. Mm. I think those who are really following Christ, uh, this has been a great charge and an encouragement uh, to the body and the believers that they're still gathering. And they they long to be back together, in, in community. And I think it'll 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 strengthen that resolve once they're able to regather. And I think so. I think uh, I think since the fifties, the nineteen fifties, and I know this is a bit of a longer answer, but there has been a slow uh, move away from church being a benefit to uh, a person's cultural standing, I guess you can say. And so to, to, to where we are today, that, that attending church and being part of a community, a faith community at one time was almost uh, looked upon as a, as a good thing, a, a, a advantage in the culture. And, 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 and even like, if you think about a political figure, uh, who would attend church in order to gain favor of that community? Those those things aren't necessarily true anymore. And so I, I think you're gonna you are you're gonna see more and more a, a uh, and Jesus speaks about about this in Revelation and the end times that that uh, there'll be more and more clarity between true followers of Christ and 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 those who don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just think we're on a trajectory to to that anyway and the coronavirus in this whole time is is revealing that uh but um you know my my prayer is that those who have been kind of apathetic and maybe uh stagnant and sterile in their faith in their walk with jesus this this time will really create a charge in them and, and, a, and a conviction to to be a part of the great commission church Absolutely. and mm-hmm. a purpose church you know so anyway that kind of a I like no, it. I think no that, that was good great. i think it touched all of the things that we were yeah i think we covered everything that we we really wanted to talk about my my last question for you about the corona season is has there been any uh physical changes maybe <laughs> uh on your face from uh <laughs> uh you know pre-rona yeah, uh, well, you know, other than gaining ten pounds and and beginning my uh, Santa Claus beard, yeah, uh, you know, I'm 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 yeah. You know, if you guys go to our website and and look at our live service, you'll see you'll see my uh, Santa beard 
in all my, its gray glory that has grown over the last month. And uh, yeah, and then I guess, you know, without my, you know, my workout partner, you know, helping me stay accountable, which is a beautiful picture of how cannibal, <laughs> how much accountability is needed. Yeah, not cannibal uh, as in like eating, but like accountable. Accountable, not not cannibalism, but accountable. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the I, I think I'm not alone in that uh, whole Corona. We'll call it the Corona 19, 19 yeah. pounds. I gained. Think that's good. <laughs> Um, no, that's good, man. Hey, and just so you know how we're, we're going to be accountable today, man, we're going to FaceTime, uh, All right. workout. I'm going to FaceTime our workout. I'm going to heat my garage up, get my, get my, my, my weights out, my, my workout bands. Yep. I, uh, I wish I had uh, a heater in my garage. It's just cold. Yeah. Too bad for you. <laughs> You're young. This is true. That's right. All well, right. Well, thank you guys hey. so much for listening. And hey, thanks, Chris, so much for giving us all of your wise wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's a joy to join you guys and sure love you both very much. And I'm proud of what God's doing in your lives and what and through you, too. So thanks for having me. Yeah, man. We appreciate you being on. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.